Hi, it's Hillary. It's been a while, huh? Megan and I recorded this episode back in June when we had first watched Bo Burnham's special. And there has been a lot of criticism and a lot of really helpful conversation that has happened since then. And I wanted to direct you to a bit of criticism that I find to be super helpful in analyzing Bo Burnham's Inside. It's by a YouTuber called FD Signifier, and the title is Bo Burnham's Inside and White Liberal Performative Art. It's a video essay, and it's his Black Media Breakdown number 12. Uh, he is a uh, black media critic, and his thoughts on this are both helpful without being condemnatory. I really think that this is a perspective worth exploring. Anyway, um, we still love Inside, and we have learned a lot and grown a lot from this. Thank you so much for continuing to support us, even though we haven't been here for a while. Life happens, but we miss you, and we're getting back on track. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is terrible. And that's okay. Hmm. I'm Megan. And I'm Hillary. And we're back. We're back. Ah! We are. We didn't, I mean, we didn't leave each other. We left you guys for a bit. Uh, yeah. Lots of stuff happened. How'd you like the Pokemon episode, guys? That was probably a rough one. There's a reason why it was the last one. I'm certain you could probably tell because an infant is not somebody that's like a real great podcasting partner. So I'm like pretty rude about that. Uh, We've had a talk. Uh, I did bring it up with HR, um, but they're going to get back to me in like two to four business days. Um, But anyway, so uh, we're doing good. Um, It is June. It is it certainly, it certainly is June. Yeah, it's it is safer. June. <laughs> it's safer. Um, we are both fully vaccinated. And before we get on to any topic for this episode, uh, get vaccinated. Yeah, you should. You should get vaccinated. It is you, overwhelmingly you, easy to get vaccinated you, in the you United do it. States. It's free. Some places are offering you money to do it. So or like a lottery. So like, just do it. I, uh, <laughs> I lied about not having health insurance so that I could not pay for anything. <laughs> I put in that I had health insurance and I didn't have to pay for it. My uncles don't have health insurance. I put in that they didn't and they didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Anyway, guys, so life has been life. Uh, and I wanted to bring us back today because last weekend, May 30th, uh, Bo Burnham, who is a musical comedian who started on YouTube back in 2006, released Mm -hmm. a special called inside on Netflix, which is all about, um, I guess, I wouldn't just say life during the pandemic, but also about internet culture as well. Yeah, it's the dissolution of the psyche during a time in which we all, like, really had to examine who we were. Exactly. So, if you haven't seen this, um, spoilers for Inside, uh, I would really recommend you stop listening. Uh, if you haven't seen Inside and watch it instead of listening to this. Uh, All right. That's how much I agree with that. Yeah, exactly. Pause this. Go watch it. I'll wait, but like we'll wait. not more than like two or three seconds. So that way you can pause. Okay. You good now? All yep, right. Okay, we can talk great. About they're it. good. Yep. They're good. Um, so uh, this was released on May 30th, uh, which was just a week ago today, which is insane because I've watched it like, oh, I don't know, 10 times or some shit like that. I like have it on a loop. Um, I've been obsessed with... So let me give you guys some backstory. Uh, so his name, Bo Burnham, is in fact not Bo. It's Robert. Uh, Bo is a nickname. Born on August 21st, 1990. Um, he's actually a bit younger than me, which was a rough thing to come across. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I found him on YouTube. Uh, I found him in, uh, I'd say, 2007, 2008, probably around that time. And uh, so he started on YouTube. I was introduced to him because I was always a big fan of musical comedy. And a friend of mine uh, said, you should watch Bo Burnham. And he, she showed me his videos. Uh, and I went to go see him live at the Highline Ballroom in 2009. And it was amazing and wonderful. And I've just kind of like followed his releases since then. He was He's done uh, four specials, I believe. He did his opening special, his first full-length special. He did uh, Words, Words, Words. He did What? He did Make Happy. And then uh, 
Inside is his newest special. It's his fifth special. Uh, he's created a television show called Zack Stone is going to be famous. He wrote a book of poetry called Egghead or You Can't Survive on Ideas Alone. He directed a Screen Actors Guild winner, sorry, uh, Directors Guild and Writers Guild of America award winning movie called Eighth Grade. And he just starred in Promising Young Woman as the male lead. Uh, and, you know, so just fucking destroying, like, fucking millennial expectations, and I dude, fucking hate it. He's, um, he's fucking killing it, dude. Like, so much. Oh, my God. Him and Lin-Manuel Miranda are like, they're like, listen, I'm just going to do everything, and we'll see how everything pans out. And it does pan out wonderfully. So uh, he is overwhelmingly... Uh, a performance artist now. Back in the days, he was a satirist. He was a parodyist. He definitely didn't uh, create a lot of um, visual. Like his his uh, his comedy wasn't as visual as it was musical. Nowadays, it has become this seamless blending of the two. It really started around what or uh, make happy, and at this point now, it's become uh, just as much of a visual experience as it is an auditory one. Mm-hmm. I think it really, um, I mean, what kind of had the inklings of it, but I think it really, really started with Make Happy. Yes. Because, like, um, you know, there were, like, the hints of the performance art-esque, and then there's the whole Kanye West number, which is just, like... Amazing. You just gotta lie down for a little while after that. Oh, God, yeah, but he's been, I mean, he, Bo has been killing the game for, for in, in terms of just comedy as well. So Inside, as Hillary mentioned before, is about life during the pandemic. It's this kind of like internal reflection of of uh, of quarantining by yourself. Yeah. And uh, I'm certain that there are a lot of people who didn't exactly quarantine alone. They quarantined with family or they quarantined with a significant other. But uh, when I tell you that I was a pregnant woman in, you know, <laughs> turning 30 last year as well, and uh, I still related to this so heavily just due to, um, I think that it's just so relatable. At no point does it feel like he's speaking from a place that I can't imagine he's not, like I can't imagine myself in. I yeah. don't think that the setup that he worked with was something fancy or or even like it seemed very much like because if you watch the credits, you go to the end, it says this was filmed at Bo Burnham's house, which makes me think that this is a side attachment that is just like on his house that he like put some shitty Ikea furniture in. And when somebody comes over to like spend the night, they stay there. Yeah, no, I I think it's just like a guest home. Or like exactly. A, it's yes. like a guest suite as a yeah. part of his house. So there's like a little kitchen in there. Um, and like, don't bother me if you want to make food. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you are not allowed in my actual house. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> and so for him, this was like a creative space. He, he designated it as a creative space and something. So a lot of this episode is not going to be just talking about like the plot of inside because I'm not here to tell you what it's about. You've got to watch it. What it me, oh, it's going to be is me and Hillary breaking down what we think themes are. What I think was going through Bo's head during this time. Uh, because I can only speak what was going through mine, but I love thinking about what he was doing and how much was acting versus how much was real. Because acting was obviously involved in the special, and uh, it's just it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an all around either happy or sad time, possibly both. Yeah, no, I um, I'm looking forward to the like the kind of double sidedness of it. Yes, and Bo is a unique performer in which he recognizes that the entertainment industry is transactional, but through his, like, through his posturing, through his, this is an act, this is an act, like, he allows you, he allows the veneer to drop, like, at his own control, though. I agree. I think that with his, so he, he's always been about this idea of self-awareness, of, of, knowing of being in on the joke like making the joke about himself because it's easiest to pick on yourself as a person because you know you uh whereas to pick to punch down it's always it's it, it used to be much funnier uh you know during the time when Bo became big I mean he, in one of the songs he has it's about his accountability to what he said when he was a 16 year old and I am not gonna lie to you I love that accountable song and not because he's like weirdly sweaty to be honest i've always thought he was hot but this was a one where i'm like watching it and i'm like i i 
feel like we need to like get a little like to know each other a little bit more before you have a mental breakdown in front of me. I appreciate your candor, though. <laughs> it's like I'd like to see you in your underwear, but not quite in this context. <laughs> yeah, this this is this is fucking me up a bit. I I I do agree objectively. You are good looking, but personally. I'm a little disturbed because you're crying a lot and I can't help you. And I really like can't like, it's, it's just something, it's such an emotionally raw journey that it's so impossible. Even though he has been fawned over by his fans for a decade and a half, I can't think he's attractive in this just due to the mental aspect of this. This guy is going through the fucking ringer and he decided to take those feelings and emotions and that mental state and put it into words and put it on paper. It starts so strongly with this portal GLaDOS-esque like, like, like uh, automated talking almost. And it's, like auto-tuned but not exactly it's it's more computerized his voice and it's just oh so good like i think it's for me i will know if i want to listen to an album based on the first song if the first song is shit you're not going to get me for the rest of them no i feel that and with with inside to start on you know, the, ah, Robert's been a little depressed. Like, <laughs> yes, uh-huh, I have as well, Robert. Let's have a talk about it. Like, <laughs> Robert, please, please tell me what's going on in your life. And, like, I, it's just, it's been a cathartic experience. I, I yeah. have been listening to the song upon song upon song, crying for some, laughing at others, and watching it over and over because it's just, so helpful for me. Yeah, what I think is, like, to kind of bring it to, like, the first number, what I think is really interesting about it is that it, the first number is very classic Bo Burnham. It's very much like, ha-ha, like, you guys are the fools. I'm such a genius, but I'm also self-deprecatingly making fun of myself because you mean I am the, like a rich white man. Yeah, you mean the song where he's singing about, um, you know, uh, your comedy, healing the world with comedy. Healing the world with comedy, yeah. Yes. That's the classic, like, he's roping you in. He's like, oh, this is going to be funny. We're going to have a good time. We're all making fun of ourselves. This is fine. And then by the time you get to the, like, the Twitch, like, play with me parody, where he's crying yes, in a yes. room. Yes, Oh, my you're God. Like, you're like, oh, I guess this is what we're doing. Um, <laughs> it's so rough because, so at one point, so this is at the, towards the end of it, um, we're going to, I'm going to jump around because. We're going to jump around, yeah. Because it's just, uh, I mean, this is filmed in a linear fa fashion and edited kind of in a linear fashion, but it's not exactly linear in the sense that you can use his beard and his hair to kind of guess where he's going around. He filmed it from what I could tell from March to to April. Uh, so March of 2020 to April of 2021, I believe. Yeah, I know. He, he, he mentions in it that it took him about a year to complete. And I think that he edited as he went along. Now, I'm going to tell you all of what I'm saying is speculation, but I also want to tell you that most articles you're going to read online are speculation as well. Unless they involve quotes from Bo, they are speculation. Uh, I just read an Insider article that was telling me that he decided to write Inside because he was in quarantine. And that's not true, just based on what he says in the show. He says that um, in January of 2020, after a break of five years, he said, I want to perform again. I want to do a show again. So I can guarantee you, knowing how Bo Burnham writes, he most likely wrote either that, um, either the opening uh, Healing the World with Comedy or White Woman Instagram first. Oh, for sure. I would, I would say White Woman Instagram was probably the first song he penned because it is not specific to COVID. It is just hysterical. And honestly, it's just the biggest fucking call out. And I hate how good it is. Yeah. I literally just put up a fucking fairy curtain with leaves behind my bed because we moved and I have a nice bedroom and I made my own fairy curtain. And then I watched this video with the fucking White Woman Instagram. And I'm like, okay, this is just... Okay, you guys, you listeners, you will never know what Megan's personal Instagram looks like, but I assure you, it is I've exactly what Bob is. <laughs> the one where I've like stuck out my tongue and I've taken a picture against like a very solid color background. I have done pictures with pumpkins. <laughs> so many pumpkins. No, I'm no, but like calling out myself, I was like looking through my Instagram because I was trying to find, like, a photo to send to somebody. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this 
I have a white woman in school. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and it's, it's not a in that in, in that song. And it's is not funny, a bad but thing. it's not it's funny, mean. Yeah. It's not at no point does he say uh, white women Instagram is uh, they're stupid bitches and I hate them. Um, it's more like he's just pointing out the stuff that white women typically post on their Instagram. It's not really so much of an attack as it is an observation. And I also gotta, like, you gotta respect the fact that the editing, the the lighting, and the set design for those pictures Gorgeous. on that song, oh, oh my God. My, my, my white woman ass was just like, oh, wow. Are those daisies on the eyes? Oh, that must tickle. Like, Here's the thing. I, I, I have seen, you know, like, uh, like Megan, I've been reading, like, criticism and reviews of this special and like the one thing besides the whole kid cuddy thing which we'll discuss later you can't copyright the moon but anyway (laughs) (laughs) um a lot of people have been like white woman instagram is misogynist and i don't think so Mm -mm. i don't because the shots are beautiful yeah like and you know he pivots to that part in the song where the titular white woman character is talking about her mother who's passed away. Yeah. Which I will admit, I, you know, me stone-hearted as I am, burst into tears. That was, like, mm-hmm. so moving and out of nowhere. And I was just like, wow, this is, and it's such a, compa- it's a song that loves women. Yeah, I would not, okay, so I think that because it's a man singing a song about women, there's some kind of uh, idea that possibly this is this is going to be a misogynistic song. Um, I don't... Okay, I think that we have to define that misogyny in a song is regards to treating women as less than. Um, like, uh, and I don't... and Or like uh, dismissing the struggles that you go through as a woman. And I don't think that white woman Instagram is at all a criticism of women. I wouldn't even call it a criticism. I'd say it's an observation. Showing off like, you know, a goat cheese salad. That's not, that's not, I mean, if if I were to say to someone, you took a picture of a goat cheese salad and put it on your Instagram, would they go, that's rude of you to say? No, they go, yeah, yeah, I did that last week. Yeah, (laughs) no, and like, I think um, this kind of highlights and uh, like the structural problems of white feminism. Like, white feminism, capital TM, um, because it kind of ignores the nuance in which, like, we can critique gender performance. Anybody can critique gender performance, including men. And, like, um, just because a man says, you know, a white woman takes a picture of a goat cheese salad and puts it on her Instagram, like... That is something white chicks do. <laughs> like, you know, it's like... <laughs> I, it's, it's so weird to me how, personally, if some, like, if I were to say the same, if I were to sing the same song, it would be, so that's the thing is, misogyny is, is a very difficult thing to like, because a lot of, there could be internalized misogyny. I'm aware of, like, I had my own self-internalized misogyny when I was younger, like in the Bo Burnham era. Like I definitely deprecated myself because I thought he was smarter, he was better. But that's not, there is really no putting down of women at all in this song. I And like Hillary mentioned, there's this very sincere, intense moment where he speaks from the perspective of this woman and how she lost her mother a decade ago and how her, his, her father has passed away as well and how it's affected her so deeply, but she's doing okay. She's got her own apartment she's got a boyfriend and she's crazy about him um your little girl didn't do too bad and for me like I, i'm like <laughs> oh, okay no i'm okay i'm good i'm good I'm guys good. <laughs> we're fine i'm fine i'm okay okay i'm good all right little girl didn't do too bad um, oh god no like i'm i'm like tearing it's up just, it's that, that's a line can i tell you that's a line that i've literally read on my own friends instagrams who had parents pass and i just there's something like, I don't know. It's weird to say like, wow, I'm crying thinking about a line. But if you've ever lost a parent uh, or somebody who was who is in your life, like a grandparent or somebody very important to you, and, you know, time goes on, but you don't really ever think, like stop thinking about them. And it's just, it's a very sincere moment. Um, okay, to move on to something a little less sad, let's talk about um, one of my favorite songs, which is That Is How The World Works, which oh, is yeah. like your very blues cluesy um, oh 90s uh, puppet show, like children's puppet show. And uh, okay, so personally, I was, 
Okay, like that's the hottest he is. That and like FaceTime with my mom, I'm like, mm, that's it. That's the hot Bo Burnham. We got it right in that moment. And then the rest is upsetting for me. Um, well, yeah, because he's not like super sad in his underwear and those. He's like wearing cash clothes. You can tell it's early on in the process. Yeah, you can tell it's like maybe May, maybe July. <laughs> yeah, you can, he's like still feeling kind of okay about himself and he's like taking care of himself. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the FaceTime with my mom tonight, I'm like, damn, what up, buddy? How you doing? How about we don't FaceTime your mom? Like... <laughs> How about we FaceTime with me in person? But then, but then at the end of FaceTime with my mom, he's fucking screaming at his mother because she wouldn't move her camera, like her thumb from the camera. I know we were just about to talk about what the world works, but this is, like I told you, gonna jump around. I also lost my shit on my mom. I started screaming at her last year. Same thing with my sister. My sister hung up on me. I love them. They're amazing. And I know I lost my, my, my head because I was pregnant alone and had no way to celebrate this occasion with them. And I felt like they weren't, you know, like it was, it was, they were saying stuff that was upsetting me. And I, I was so, it was like a, a pressure cooker and it just exploded. And I think that the FaceTiming with my mom, it's the same kind of thing. It's this, it's this expectation of it's going to be funny because he's singing like it's sexy. And instead it's, uh, it ends really, really rough. Like just, a, it ends with a really bad fight. And the same thing with that is how the world works. It starts like an episode of Blue's Clues or something. And then you've got Sako just spouting the truth, man. Like, taking me to church. <laughs> like, um, like, I just, I, 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 I can't. Like, every cop on the street protects the interests of the pedophilic corporate elite. Like, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, that, um, that deeply interested me and like, I am happy he went that route and I'm happy he went there and he kind of like simultaneously acknowledged in the song that he is like a rich white man who is making the problems of the general like 99% about him. Yes. And I thought that was so interesting. I will say that um, okay, so one of the um, one of the lines that Sako said was uh, the neoliberal neoliberal fascism fascism is destroying the left, which I feel like is not said out loud, yes. like enough at least. I feel like it is uh, it is just it's for me like in the same way. I was surprised that the people came at him for his attack on, like his, his uh, white woman Instagram song. I thought it was going to be because he said neoliberal fascism is destroying the left. And like that whole little part of how the world works, you know? Yeah, no, I, um, I think that's, um, it's going to sound so pretentious of me, but I'm going to say it. I think that's too lofty and high a concept. And I think the, the white woman Instagram misogyny is kind of low hanging fruit. If you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm... Oh, Hillary. <laughs> truly, truly. Chef's kiss. I love it. No, um... it's, it's true, though. Like, it's like it's like the fucking John Mulaney thing. Well, we don't have time to unpack all that. Yeah, know? well, we don't have time to unpack all of that. Um, I... Oh, man. No, oh, but that like... just, like, gave me, like, such a... Like, that was a really good, like... Like, like, you've, like I feel like what you've done is eviscerate, like half of Twitter in that sentence. <laughs> like, listen, guys, it's much easier for you to think that a song with woman in the title is misogynist than for you to break down what neoliberal fascism is doing and how it's destroying the left and any counterpoints you have to that argument. And they're he, like, but... Like, he's, like, he has such a good point because I've been saying this for so long that the reason the right is succeeding so much is because the left can't stop fucking fighting with each other. It's so uh -huh. stupid. And I think that, for me... Uh, Bo Burnham is where I stand politically. That's my political affiliation is Bo Burnham and Inside. <laughs> um, it's actually Sako in Bo Burnham and Inside. Uh, because Sako's like, like that whole fucking thing. Like you said, I, like I said, I was taken to church. I was like, yes, absolutely, Sako. Destroy Bo. <laughs> um, yeah, but like, you rich fucking white people always have to view every socio-political conflict through the myopic view of your own lens. Like, I love it. I've watched it a lot. I can quote it, guys. No, I feel you. I was looking for that quote because it's like, um, 
the like the wealthy like the wealthy white people and the sort of like perf- and like it's a critique of like performative activism kind of oh which i hundred percent which we saw a lot of back in like june july of 2020 which is probably when he you can made this this, this <laughs> is the fav this is my favorite thing to do with regards to inside is watch a scene Guess which month in 2020 or 2021 in which it was filmed. Exactly. It is a good game, guys. You're going to have fun. You get to watch Inside about six times. Um, <laughs> I Because he, you assume that he started filming during quarantine and he ended around a year-ish, maybe a little bit later uh, than a year. And uh, so this one, yeah, I would say um, June, July. Yeah. This was I'd say like- probably, yeah. Same thing with FaceTime with my mom was probably around the same time. And that was something he probably wrote early on in the in the quarantine process, if I had he, to guess. Yeah, he probably wrote it like March or April because that's when we started with we didn't have like Zoom fatigue yet. And like we weren't sick of super sick of screens and like. Yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, and um, with the that's how the world works. If I had to guess, I I would guess that a lot of these songs that he wrote were written within the March, April, beginning of May process because he tested the camera. This is another thing that is um, I'm not sure if a lot of people know this, but everything that he worked with in this in this movie, the cameras, the lighting, the equipment, everything like that, these are all basic YouTuber setups nowadays. This is stuff that you can purchase on Amazon. It's very accessible to everyone. Uh, he wasn't purchasing like specific like very expensive equipment that you'd have to go to a specific store to get all of this was easily accessed and sent to him on amazon i didn't know that but that makes a lot of sense because um i am a person who is like a consumer of like long-form youtube content because it's easy to yeah it's great it's It's great i'm if if your youtube video is an hour and 35 minutes you're fucking sure i'm gonna watch it yeah (laughs) it's like it's like am I going to watch a movie? Like, am I going to watch a movie which, like, you know, may or may not be good? Or am I going to watch an hour and 40 minute long ContraPoints video in which there are several several camera angle changes, costume changes, and, like, scrambling? Am I going to watch a Canadian woman talk for two hours about the McElroy brothers and I don't know who they are? Yeah, of course I will. Who are oh, they? Like- going to find out. <laughs> I just watched the video. <laughs> no idea who they were i'm like wow travis sounds like an asshole or a good person not sure where we're going i'm excited to find more find out more (laughs) but yeah like i think um since the early days of youtube when megan and i were watching bo burnham because megan and i like very much bonded over we're like wow this kid is our age and he's doing all this really funny stuff or a 25th annual putnam county spelling bee shirt in one of his videos and my musical theater ass did my musical theater ass went i'm in love we must get married it will occur i will meet him and we will fall deeply in love uh i'm not married to him guys Spoiler. Um, he uh, he is interested in cougars and cougars only. <laughs> yeah, he's been in the same relationship since 2013. Another thing I'd like to just let his fans know, because Bo Burnham does play a kind of character. He is not uh, just like, uh, he's, he's different from, like in the way that Stephen Colbert is not Stephen Colbert, you know? Yeah, no. He's, Bo Burnham uh, is not Bo Burnham. Yeah, he is like um, Bo Burnham. The character is just like um, Stephen Colbert of the Colbert Report is not Stephen Colbert in real life. Like you know. Yes, exactly. So he writes these songs like uh, the sexting song. The sexting song. That's the one I thought of. Yeah, he writes these sexting songs like the sexting song, and like yes, it implies that he is sexting with someone, and like he's having a relationship with someone. He's been in a relationship with someone for almost a decade. So they're living together, guys. I have some news. Um, they most likely like had the same house. And with regards to like, he probably did a lot of this work separately, but you know, I'm certain he went inside his own house to like change clothes and like take a shower, but he probably fell asleep working there many nights. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And um... her name is Laureen Scafaria. Yes, Scafaria. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's it. She's 43, um, and she's a Taurus. So you're welcome yeah. for all uh, of that information. She's also, like, super hot, so, like, good job. Bo. Oh, yeah, yeah, super hot. And she directed this movie, Hustlers, which has Lizzo and J-Lo in it. And, like, honestly, the fact that it wasn't nominated for an Oscar is ridiculous. Like, I'm a did little she, upset about Did she direct that movie? Yeah, she directed Hustlers. That rules. That's that a really good movie. Sick. 
that. It's a, uh, Bo's got good taste. Well, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but anyway, he's not single, guys. Um, he's yeah, not sexting anybody. And um, we're going to explore, we're going to explore, this is like, we're touching on this so that we have a connection to the next episode, which is about parasocial relationships. And this yes. is his commentary on yes, parasocial on, relationships. Absolutely. And so like, he, actually his commentary on parasocial relationships is not just this song, but it's also the best song in the special, which is Welcome to the Internet. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a good one. That is that is a mus that is a musical that needs to happen. I need to watch some weird American horror story freak show esque musical where it's got like a carnival barker singing about coming into the internet and then like, you know, it becomes this big uh this this big commentary on Gen Z. Do you know that when he sings about um, mommy let you use her iPad, you were only, you were barely two uh, and it did all the things we designed it to do. Now look at you. Like it just, all I can think is, oh, absolutely not. My child is not using an iPad. I'm not going to lie to you guys. We do put on a YouTube video on occasion, but more often than not, we don't watch a lot of TV with my infant because she's an infant and uh, she really doesn't like have the attention span for anything long, like longer than maybe 10 minutes. The, I, we put on this channel that's like, Hey bear. And it's just like music and like dancing fruit. And that's it. There's not, there's no plot. There's no story. It's just dancing fruit and music. And she will watch it for, you know, 10 minutes. And then she'll like turn around and play with her toys or whatever. And um, because welcome to the internet, Gen X, fucked up why would you i remember seeing all of those kids attached to screens from like a super young age and yeah this this kind of goes this this goes into our and like let's preface this with saying that not all gen x is like this but i used to be a nanny we're going to we're going to go into this for a second because this is important mm. um i was a nanny for primarily gen x parents because those are the people who have kids in elementary school right now and yes. let me tell you that all of those kids had their own iPad. All of those kids had the, each had their own iPad. And I would try to get them to engage and play and play games with me. Mm -hmm. And like, even if we were doing a video game, it would be like Just Dance or Mario, something where it was a group bonding activity. Absolutely. You know, like I like, and they'd be like so attached to their tablet. And it was frustrating. It was not something that I understood, you know, as a person who was, who remembers the transition from VCRs to DVDs. Like, yeah, uh, I think what for me, what that song did was it helped put words to my hesitancy about the internet as an adult and somebody who was raised on it as well. Not yeah. raised on it. I was an 11 year old when I got a computer. Yeah, no, I was like, I think I was like nine or 10 and I was always supervised. And yeah, like, I was, I was not. Um, and the fact that I'm still a functional human is pretty surprising. Oh no, I, I wasn't supervised after the age of like 13, but like, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you're, and the thing is, is that boomers really didn't know, what the bad things on the internet like they didn't have any idea to I, I will be fully honest with you if my mom had any idea of what i used to do when i was a kid she would never have let me have the fucking computer in the first place yeah it was not it was not a good look for for me as a child but obviously as a child you're curious you get this new big machine and you want to play with it um with gen z though is you know computers were more of the thing iphones ipads all the ipod shit and it's just a fancy expensive toy to them as opposed to, you know, something that gives your child access to the internet at a, at a rapid pace. And I, uh, I just, it, it, it upsets me personally because I don't want my kid to be raised on the internet. I am not posting pictures of her online. Um, you know, it's, the internet is dangerous at its core. Yeah. It is something that is not, it's not a secure space where you're like, this is a safe space. We won't have anyone come in here and, and you know, uh, be, be uh, bullying to you, you know, because you can't prevent anything like that. You can only remove it once it's happened. No, you, you can't prevent anything like that. And he makes, the line that sticks out to me in that song, it's like, do you want everything all of the time? Like, because yeah. that's what the internet is. It is yeah. everything 
all Apathy of the time. Apathy is a tragedy and boredom Boredom is a crime. And it's so true. Like, I could go on YouTube right now and type in literally anything except for, like, you know, pornographic content or whatever. But there yeah. are separate, like, you know, Separate websites I, for that shit. So you're good. Se- there are separate websites for that. But, like, you know, like, I could go into standard YouTube, type in anything. Type in, like, how to use a bandsaw or something like that. And there's a mm-hmm. video about it. Or, like, and it's useful, but, like, nobody teaches young people, like... The internet radicalizes people based on the most innocent of searches. You Let's say you did that search, search for a bandsaw. Now you're looking at stuff for tools. A lot of people who buy tools buy guns, so maybe there's some gun videos that are targeted towards you because they see you're watching tool videos. They assume you're a middle-aged man who's somewhere in the South. So they start targeting <laughs> advertisement towards you for guns, and then you start watching gun videos, and then from there you're led to right-wing news media, and it radicalizes you. Or you're not just led to right-wing news media, you're led to right-wing YouTubers who are fucking way more insane. Yeah. If you think Newsmax is shitty, guys, don't look up any single right-wing YouTuber because they are just on a different level of shit. Yeah, and I feel like Bo is in the same position. But Bo, who is uh, not a person who wants to have children, as is evidenced in uh, his Turning 30 song. But um, (sighs) So good. uh, We will talk about that in a little bit. Yes. Um... But he is also a person like you and I who had unfettered access to the internet. Mm-hmm. I had unfettered access to the internet, yeah. you know? And, like, I, like, you know, I don't want the young people in my life, like, my future nieces and, like, my current niece and my future nieces and nephews to, like, have access or to be shaped by the internet like I was. And I think Bo is in the same position. He's very much, like... I've seen what it's done, and Gen X fucked up their kids by putting them in front of a tablet instead of, like, actually watching them. Yeah. And, it's... like, yeah, I'm so sorry. No, um, no, it's it's just, as a parent, like, you're just, like, like, I get it, you want to do things that are easier. And our parents shoved us in front of the TV and was like, watch Spongebob for 45 minutes. I need a break. And I get it. As a parent, but you need a break. That's fine. You know, I, on my lunch break, I would shove the kids in front of the TV. I'd be like, yeah. okay, 25 minutes, you're going to watch uh, Barbie Life in the Dream House or whatever. So and excited about that plot. <laughs> incredible show. We must do an episode about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. It's you amazing. You would be talking about the Barbie fandom. Okay, sorry. Uh- <laughs> no, it's intense. There's an adult fandom for it. But anyway, um, uh, I digress. Um <laughs> But, um, or, like, Barbie Life in the Dream House or, like, Odd Squad or whatever. And, like, I can eat my fucking peanut butter and jelly in peace. Like, you know, 25 minutes is fine. You know, 45 minutes is fine. Like, kids can watch little a TV as a treat. But, like, um, you know, like, shoving your, I, like, shoving your kid in front of an iPad or, like, shoving your kid in front of the TV for hours at a time before you... Like, while you fuck off and do whatever, like, you may as well have not had kids. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think what, what's, what's occurring right now is, uh, it's just, there's something about his entire special where I felt that what it did was, it gave voice to a lot of the things I've been feeling, uh, since quarantine occurred. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of my, my feelings are not just about how COVID has affected life and, you know, like, like, uh, (laughs) I haven't had a shower for the last nine days like a big old motherfucking duffel bag of shit. Um, like, that's true. Like, I absolutely didn't shower for extended periods of time during quarantine because I was just in such a state of depression uh, and, like, feeling like there was no, there was, there was was such a loss of control over circumstances. Um, but but I think that... Uh, I think that his... The, the mood, the overall mood of the, the special hitting on things like uh, mental health and, and how it how it messes with you and, and social commentary. It, 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 I feel like I became, like all I did was watch the world because I didn't ha- experience my own life because I was sitting at home. And uh, I, be- I watched all these things occur over the last year as I'm certain a lot of people did. We all watched the news, all of these things that happened, all this death, all this destruction, a fucking well, insurrection. Yeah, we all lost a year, essentially. We we existed in a vacuum. Yeah. And to see all of those thoughts and feelings taken by one person who is akin to a poet of the highest caliber, uh, James Joyce-esque, and it's just, you feel these emotions that 
that haven't we have not as a generation as a society as a country addressed we're just like gotta get going gotta keep moving gotta go and i feel like he gives voice to um you know there's there's always like generational infighting and all this stuff and like I, uh, I existed on Twitter for a time and I deleted my Twitter recently and it was a godsend. It was, you know, like, I'm so happy I did that. My mental health is so much better. But like, you see fighting between generations all the time. And like, I think that he provides like this essential millennial perspective because I feel like we get shit on like all the fucking time for being like, you know, like we we're call like, me when you're in your late twenties and you're having a disassociative state, guys. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, I related so hard to that line. I was like, "Thank you, thank you, you bitches." Like, it's like it's, I hate you all. I think it all culminates really well in this song, "Funny Feeling," um, where um, oh God, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, that's um, so much. And seven the, years. It's yeah, and it's. Uh, 20,000 years of this, seven more to go. And you're just like, oh, no. And the uh, the line, the, the outro line is, hey, what can you say? We were overdue, but it'll be over soon. Just wait. And it's like, and that can be taken two ways. It can be taken the way of society is on the brink of collapse and it's going to end soon. Or we've been in quarantine for a year, but things are getting better. I assume he wrote that song around the time of uh, the insurrection, Joe Biden put, being put in office. Yeah, no, it's, um, and that was a weird time because I feel like, um, you know, things are getting better now in June. They are. Like, you know, we're able to like kind of go out and do things and like yeah. the weather is nicer, but like, I feel like like January through March of 2021 was probably the worst time for me. Like, yeah. I think like that, the this past winter was just like, brutal. And I'd like, say that some of the darkest songs in the in the show are written during like the the, the 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 last third of the of the special is all I'd say stuff written in the winter of 2020-2021. Well, yeah, like I mean I uh I like I wasn't pregnant during quarantine, you know. So like I did not I did not experience that and like I um I like have so much sympathy and empathy for you because like I saw how you suffered it's 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 more just I think what it is is it's it's something that you know what the the hardest part was just the fact that there was nothing I could do about it not a single goddamn thing could be done I could disregard my safety and just like be like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna go and hang out with friends and family it'll be fine um, but I'm not that person. I'm, I'm more similar. Uh, my, not only is my political affiliation Bo Burnham inside, but my mental health state is Bo Burnham inside uh, for a lot of the quarantine. It was pretty much uh, like that kind of state. Uh, it was it was something where you'd have like very, you know, good moments, your white woman Instagram moments. And then you'd have your moments like, you know, put your fucking hands up where you just like you're having these intense, you know, feelings and emotions with regards to anger and things like that. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, like, I, I went through, like, a few, like, fairly bad depressive episodes during the, um, during the pandemic, and, um, yeah, like, I, I kept busy, I was fine, I was, like, you know, I was, I quit drinking, which was, like, you know, you quit drinking just in time for the world to fucking collapse around you. And yeah, I bet. Dude. And the fact that you got through all of quarantine and 2020 sober is a, an accomplishment in and of itself. But I'm pretty proud of it, to be honest. It's You should be. It's amazing. Uh, but I think it's just that the winter was different because I, I, I gave birth uh, in September right before shit hit the fan. More so. I mean, it was like the third round of shit, I guess, at that point. Like, the room was pretty well painted, but, like, we didn't want more shit. Like, things were starting to get better, I guess. Um, and then, it, you know, all the holidays hit. And I had a newborn. And I had no idea what to do. To the and cutest, the cutest suit, little baby in the uh, world. The most amazing child. Truly, like, it was a very easy birth. Very easy baby. Love her more than anything. I mean, and that's not me trying to be like, well, everything's great now. It's just, like... The no. world was collapsing, and I had one, so- like one, you know, port at storm, which was my baby. No, there. The, the the thing is, 
like like I've said to you before, because Megan and I talk pretty much every day. <laughs> yes, we do. She is she is my life. But um, like I've said to you before, like you can take the good with the bad. You Absolutely. know, like and Bo and Bo's special is like that. He's like, the- yeah, there's bad, but there's also good. Like you know, like he's got this sense of like you know, like I'm going to get through this even if it kills me. There's this song. Um, uh, there's this song called, um, this, I think it's called This Year. It's by the Mountain Goats. And, um, it's, I will play it for you later. And the chorus of the song goes, like, I'm gonna get through this year even if it kills me. And it's, like, it's sung, like, from the chest with such earnestness. And, like, it is, like, I play it, like, almost, like, at the top of, um, like, every New Year's Day. Because I'm just, like, I'm gonna get through this year if it kills me. And like that is the spirit of this. Like. I think that uh, I think there's there's just so much. I could probably just do an entire podcast on Bo Burnham's inside um, because it's just <laughs> so good. Uh, but what I will say is that it is it is cathartic. It is sad. It doesn't end super like amazingly. But I will say that it's I think it's the place where we all are mentally. The idea of well, well, look who's inside again. Went out to hide. Went out to look for a reason to hide again. I am legit, like, feeling that so heavy right now. It's like, things are getting better. I'm going to go outside and see if there's a reason I don't have to. The thing is, like, (laughs) the thing is, it's like, the way it ends, it's not over yet. No, it's not. And that's what's so... This is a time capsule here. Like, this is something that when my children are old and they're, like, in their 20s and 30s, and they'll be like, yeah, you remember that time, like, the world shut down? I'll be like, yeah, so here's a special by this guy, Bo Burnham. Please watch it and then come to me with questions afterwards. I will expect uh, a four-page essay, uh, (laughs) single-spaced. This is what we lived through. No, but, like, it's... It is a time capsule. It is, like, there is no definitive end to it because we don't, we're not out of it yet. Like, it's, like, as much as so many people want to act like, you know, like, oh, you know, that was a time and it's firmly in the past. It's not. No, it's not. You know? It's not. And we don't know when it'll be firmly in the past. I think that COVID-19 will just join the roster of regularly diagnosed medical conditions. Like, it's it's not going away. Yeah, it's going to be the new flu shot. It's the new flu shot. There are just going to be boosters. It's never going away. Like, and it's hard. Yeah. It's hard, guys. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge that this is a hard episode for, I think, you know, several reasons. The fact that, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to get through it, especially if you're located in um, places with a higher vaccination rate. Things are starting to get a little bit better. I think masks are, you know, not as necessary or required as much. You, you have this idea that you can f- start to feel this kind of safety that you haven't felt in such a long time and i'm not gonna cry um this is just a quavering voice because dude you can i've already (laughs) cried this episode like Um, it's just that i think at the end of the day uh we will still be here we will still be doing this because uh either we're gonna record our conversations or we won't but the conversations will still happen oh no they they will like we started this project as a quarantine project it was a quarantine project. this was a quarantine project because i was like I was like, Megan, like, you are going through a really tough time. You are going through a pregnancy, basically in isolation. Let's do something that'll take your mind off of it. And talking about Kingdom Hearts, which is an episode I'd like to severely redo, because that was a shit one. No, (laughs) it was so good. What are you talking about? Um, I'm, I'm like, hey guys, if you don't, if you want a reason to not watch Kingdom Hearts, uh, let play Kingdom Hearts. Listen to this two part episode of. <laughs> no, it's amazing. You're like, you should play it, but there are 37 installations. There's a lot of sequels. No, um, but I think that that I'm good things did come from being in quarantine, and bad things did come from being in quarantine. This isn't a net positive or a net negative situation. You said it already. We can accept the good and understand the bad happened, and we don't have to ignore the bad and only accept the good. Exactly. We can accept both. We can exist in a world where there is good and there is bad, and you can't forget the bad, especially when us as a society lost a year plus of our lives when we just stayed indoors and were afraid real human-to-human tactile contact would kill us. Like, like to, um, to sort of... Uh, like one thing that I went through is I had just started a really promising relationship. Like I like had just gotten a boyfriend and then quarantine happened and we couldn't see each other. 
and it was the fucking death sentence for like what something like a person I was really fond of and something I wanted to explore and I hadn't dated for a while due to like you know like issues that I had to work through and that sucked I was just like wow I like finally put myself out there and did the thing and did the thing that everyone is telling me that I'm supposed to do like as like a human woman in the 21st century you have to you know like take charge of your own destiny and find your own soulmate or whatever and like just kidding you know and I mourned that for we both mourned that for a while like this is the thing is that I would say that that inside is something that is if you're getting in your in your space where you're like fuck, I, di- I didn't do this. I-, I lost this. I lost that. I'd say watch inside. It's like a really good, like, like cathartic. Like if you just need to cry about something because you're just in this place mentally where you're like, I can't go back. I can't change what has already happened. Just acknowledge it. I think it's just acknowledging it's difficult. I've spent a lot of the last week kind of processing inside myself and um, inside myself and inside inside myself <laughs> inside comma yourself inside comma myself um but it's just it's been helpful to kind of talk about this and i'd say that the best like they always say the best route forward is through like the best best route out is through and that's how it is it's your we're all in a forest right now mentally i'm not i can't speak for everyone i'm in a forest mentally sometimes me too and me too uh, and i think that it, whatever it helps you to like talk about it to get it out this special helped me think about things that I didn't want to think about, that I didn't want to talk about, and I'm getting through it. And I think that I think that I will continue to be obsessed and love Bo Burnham forever. Um, but I think that this this changes my opinion of just like, oh, he's hot and funny. To this is a, a legitimate gift I feel for for me in the sense that I can watch this and kind of literally remember my headspace. It, it kind of helps me realize, okay, I did exist in a year. For, for a year in a vacuum but I look at this this thing and I'm just like I know what happened I know the things I felt I remember the things I felt it helps me call back to that even though I took barely any pictures or I did barely anything and I just kind of sat and existed I it helps it helps so much and I know we're a little bit over so the next episode is not so much about processing all the stuff that has happened during quarantine but it's about some of the things that may have occurred during quarantine or even before quarantine with the idea of, you know, becoming obsessed with Twitch streamers, with YouTubers, with celebrities and forming parasocial relationships with Bo, which Bo Burnham is the reason that he quit the internet as a whole and would just post on Twitter, just whatever kind of like, you know, I am directing a new thing or I have been cast in this thing, like little announcements for himself. Which I think is super healthy, and I think that um, we've seen a lot of... He he is one of the first comedians, I think, or, like, one of the first public theaters to really, like, go for it when it comes to, hey, maybe you should have boundaries, my guy. Like, <laughs> Yes, yes. And we will touch on not just uh, parasocial relationships, but specifically with regards to Bo Burnham and then other, you know, comedians, musicians, comedians yeah. anything like that. Um, so I, I feel better, uh, talking about all of this. I'm so glad. (laughs) I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to it. If you didn't, um, don't like or comment because you can't do it on Spotify anyway. (laughs) Oh wait, you can, right? Uh, no, you can't. Oh! You can, you can like something and like save it, but you can't. No thumbs down? Yeah. There is there is no fuck you option. (laughs) Yeah, guys. So if you didn't like it, man, that sucks too. (laughs) Sucks for you, bro. All right. Well, thank you all. Um, as we've reiterated in this episode, it's not over yet. It's not not over over yet. It's not over. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Um, if a place requires a mask, don't be a dick. Wear a mask. Just wear it. Um, it's not. It's not a you know removal of your freedom you just got to put it on because you know just like stores have a rule to wear a shirt and you gotta wear a mask sometimes uh but continue to be safe continue to you know socially distance if you don't feel well stay home um you know the revolution is gonna just be occurring like i would say like maybe like two to three weeks from now we'll have it at 2 p.m on a wednesday yeah um general strike everybody general um we can all uh chat on my whatsapp no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) all right Bye. Bye.